What up, though? It's your boy KG, Kevin Gill from Game Changer Wrestling, and you got it locked in on the Pro Wrestling Post Podcast. You're listening to the Pro Wrestling Post Podcast with your host, Mark Madison. This episode's guest is Kevin Gill. Visit ProWrestlingPost.com for interviews, blogs, and upcoming events in your area. You can also find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Anchor, or whatever podcast app you prefer. And now, here's your host, Mark Madison. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pro Wrestling Post podcast. I am joined by a podcaster, interviewer, a commentator extraordinaire, Mr. Kevin Gill. Thank you, Kevin, for your time and your energy. Oh, man, thank you for inviting me to be on the show. It, it's uh, highly regarded amongst uh, peers, so I'm, I'm honored to join the list of, uh, of great people you've had on the show. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, uh, very busy times for Mr. Kevin Gill and for Game Changer Wrestling. Uh, before we get into, I guess, looking ahead with uh, GCW, maybe you could, for fans that aren't as aware of uh, the OG Kevin Gill, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your background, interest, uh, where wrestling kind of found you and it became this this love affair that doesn't seem to want to go away. <laughs> well, great, great question, and also one that I could easily talk for the entire time limit uh, without taking a breath. So I'm <laughs> trying to give the most, the most concise version of this I've ever given, which is that I uh, grew up in Queens, New York, uh, uh, lifelong wrestling fan New York especially in those days was a wrestling city a wrestling town like people would just be talking about wrestling you'd see the magazines everywhere it was just it was a thing I also got really involved in the music scene in New York like the New York hardcore scene which is like a, you might say a derivative of the punk rock scene but it's a whole different scene and sound and place and uh, over the years of being a fan and, and being involved with the music business I got uh, to be involved in doing a bunch of interviews for uh, a magazine around Philadelphia or a magazine that was out of Philadelphia at that time where I got to interview like Freddie Blassie and Two Cold Scorpio and Bill Alfonso and people back back in the late 90s which was a, an entry point into doing wrestling specific interviews like I had done music type of interviews before and then uh, just being a, a, a super fan of it I kind of brought wrestling through whatever doors I could uh, I was working in the video game industry so I had the idea to make uh, a wrestling video game based on backyard wrestling at the time because there was no more ECW license there was no more WCW license uh, it was one of the few it was the only time really in video game industry history at that time that there was no competitive wrestling product. There was only one, so it kind of created a cool opportunity. And from doing that, that got me involved with doing, uh, being a referee and doing commentary. And I got to travel around quite a bit doing that. And uh, in doing that, I got to meet the revolutionary riot starters and shit disturbers over at Game Changer Wrestling, Joey Janela and, and all of them. And uh, it was just an incredible, uh, I feel like we had a great connection from the start. And over time, I've gotten to do more and more stuff with them. And it, it's just an honor as someone who was a fan and around the periphery of ECW in its heyday to see the unlimited potential, unlimited upside and, and everything that Game Changer Wrestling has, like this incredible talent and incredible vision. And who would have thought that giving wrestling fans what they want and listening to the audience would pay off. But I think Game Changer Wrestling with their worldwide expansion with totally DIY, uh, self-made, dues-paid kind of mentality, I, I think they're just the, the greatest story in wrestling. And I, I would say that whether or not I had any association with them, just as 
a fan as an observer as as someone in the in the space you know what i mean no i hear definitely definitely now you said you're originally from queens <sighs> so you've got new york as your background um yeah queens new york baby <laughs> so uh gcw it uh, originated out of jersey if i'm or yeah, we, yeah it just came from the roots there was like some other jersey independent wrestling going on and from the that was kind of the foundation that put some of the people and places and players together that then uh over time morphed into to be game changer wrestling okay super uh, so how did your like you said it just you know there there was this trust more opportunities kind of came about and um kevin gill and gcw came together um how did that initially like who approached who where did that um who looked at you and said his passion is there we want him he's got a certain energy he can add something more to a, how did that necessarily begin in its infancy. Sure. Well, I, I think it's like two, two different paths. One was I, I had become a fan of, uh, and, and by the way, not to leave it out, it was Jersey Championship Wrestling. Thank was, you. Or JCW was the original company that kind of morphed into Game Changer Wrestling. So at the time of still, I guess really JCW, uh, Jersey Championship Wrestling was going on. I became aware of one of its kind of breakout stars at that time, who was Joey Janela. And I was instantly a fan of, of Joey Janela. You know, the, uh, what do you call it? The porta potty. Uh, he had like a porta potty thing. I'm trying to remember. It was, uh, was it Jake the Snake Roberts? Might have been him and Jake the Snake doing a spot at a porta potty at an <laughs> outdoor wrestling show that obviously caught my attention. Uh, from there, he went on to do other, you know, the, the famous kind of career defining uh, jump off a building or get thrown off a building with Zandig. Uh, and I, I kind of became a big Joey Janela fan and, uh, I tried to book Joey Janela for some shows and he actually got injured at the time doing the, um, <laughs> doing the Zandig thing off the building. So I wasn't able to work with him at that time, but we just, we stayed in touch and things like that. And then literally when I saw that they announced Joey Janela's spring break, the, you know, the original iteration, um, I realized now that a lot of people in the, in, in the industry laughed at them when they announced that a lot of people thought they were doomed to fail that it was the dumbest idea ever and when i saw it get announced I, I had literally the exact opposite thought my thought was like these guys are like visionaries and this is their this is their moment like they're making this incredible thing that's going to happen and i really want to be a part of it so i reached out uh, i think it was joey put me in touch with brett lauderdale uh who runs game changer wrestling and i you know they had literally just announced the show and i'm there like oh can i do commentary and uh he was like oh just, you know just stay in touch and we have some people in mind and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. so in the end they uh, did a, a format where they had like uh, they traded off I think Drew Cordero was the main commentator and then they had uh, people rotate off to each do a match so I I got I was like in early so I was I got asked what match I wanted to do and I was super excited to do I think um, I'm beginning mixed up with the second year I'm getting ahead of myself but it's the okay. match I picked for the original show was uh, and it's ironic now considering where some of the players in this match are but it was Pepper Parks and uh, Cherry Bomb mm -hmm. against Andy Williams and Penelope Ford that was the match like out of that show I was like I have to call this match. Because I'm a big Pepper Parts fan. I'm a big uh, Cherry Bomb, who's now Allie. So it's like the Butcher and the Blade, basically, with Bunny <laughs> spread <laughs> across two different teams. And with, of course, the great Penelope Ford, 
So that was my introduction to officially working with Game Changer. And, uh, you know, I was treated very well by them. And the show was mind-blowing. The turnout was mind-blowing. I felt like it truly was a, a game-changing event. And uh, I kept my streak going. I, I, I guess maybe uh, maybe Drew Cordero can say the same thing. But I was I, – I believe I am the only person to ever commentate on all of the Janela Spring Break uh, editions. But, again, now that I think of it, Drew Cordero may have me tied on that one. <laughs> Um, do you think that to some extent Joey gets a bit of a kind of a, almost seem like a polarizing figure? You, you either um, are all in with everything he's done, or he's ha- he has those that detract and don't really support the ideology or the beliefs when it comes to wrestling, contemporary wrestling today? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And to me, it's weird because, yeah, I just see the the greatness. You know what I mean? But I guess that's how I look at things. I, I understand taste is a subjective thing. So if people are like, oh, I don't like this style or this person or, or this whatever, I get that and I respect that. But when people kind of make it their mission and spend all their time and energy to talk about, to obsess over, to drag their name through the mud online, to me, you you've just become some sort of a like a confused fan in a way like you're a fan but you have such a negative dis- disposition that everything you spew is negative so all you do is talking about what you hate but it's really like what you love like little kids who used to pull the girl's hair in school that they like you know what i mean it's like a bizarre self-loathing ritual of fandom you know what i mean so yeah. i think yeah, there's maybe three categories there's people that love joey janela people that are like oh I'm not a fan. And then people who were like inboxing him, like, you know, like terrible things, you know, which is takes it to a level of like, uh, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. You see, um, so from where I am, where I'm based out of Toronto and smash wrestling here in Toronto, it's home. It's, it's where we've seen a lot of Joey Danella, Cherry Bomb, Pepper Parks, Andy Williams, the butcher and the blade, you know, they're all evolving and all of these there, there's this transition, and it's interesting though. With with Joey, I, I saw him in person, and I'm like, okay. And then I saw him on television, and I and it it registered. It seemed like there was my my belief or my thought about him. There was the heart, the the mindset. It's almost as if you. I had to kind of remove myself from that. There's clearly more than what I'm seeing, so I need to change. I either need to change how I see it, or I have to try and see where where that brilliance is, and I. I did. Right, and, and even by just having the self-awareness to look at the situation, like that that's what, I, and that's the point I was trying to make about how there's kind of three categories. Like, you and I could walk into a concert venue, and a band could be playing, and we could think they sound terrible, but if the crowd is going berserk for it, it's like, well, it's not my thing, but man, do these people love it. And like you said, maybe over time, I would learn to see what it is, rather than just being like, oh, that band is trash, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah. I, I, applaud, I applaud you for having that self-awareness and being able to step out of opinion and just try to look at things subjectively. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's what we hope as wrestling fans will do. Uh, interesting, I, I was uh, just earlier today, I had a chance to talk with um, uh, Dan Scotty of uh, Pizza Party Wrestling, talking about really where wrestling is. Um, and it's it's really sometimes if you're a forward thinker, you really can't see why traditionalists want to not let go of something when you want something to grow. But did you ever have that experience? Did you ever feel like wrestling needed to be in this box? But then wait a minute, this box could have so many doors that if I opened it, it's not closed in. There's certainly different ins and outs as to how everybody comes in and 
and goes out and it gets bigger. Yeah, like like to me, wrestling's always been a variety show. You know what I mean? It, it's the strong man, the the like really large uh, or even you know overweight person. It's uh, women. It's minis. It's every form of athlete, physical presence, character type. Like all of it comes together to to be a show. So I've gotten to work at different companies that are you know outside the box in terms of how they saw wrestling or how they wanted to present it and with everything from old time stuff to ECW to all the different styles to me there is no real wrong way to do it like everything is wrestling because it's 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 a banner in a sense it's a it's a genre in the same way a comic book would be you could make a comic book story about anything if it's presented in the medium of a comic book so it, we live in a world where you have kaiju big battle and you have the nwa and both of them are wrestling they're both pro wrestling in mm-hmm. my opinion and everything that happens in between them and stuff from 1800 is can be put in the same category as a young bucks match in the sense that they are professional wrestling in the same way music is music and uh, a thrash metal band from brazil is music alongside any rapper alongside any opera alongside any traditional or even aboriginal music do you know what i mean it's yeah. all it's all in the category in my opinion that that's how i see it again i don't have to like everything that's in the category uh, that's what taste is for you could be selective but you could never say that something is not music is not art is not anything because you know what i mean that that's just how i see it yeah yeah um you you talked about earlier on where you were doing some interviews for a magazine um were they wrestling publications themselves or were they um just general um it was a a music magazine out of philadelphia and they knew of my love for wrestling so they gave me a month like a i think they were a bi-monthly publication so i had a, a wrestling column in there uh that they would print so it was like old school like i would record the interview audio then transcribe it and type it out with an intro and an outro and then it would air or be published in the magazine and then i did later on i i I don't know if i did i think i think i just did it once a friend of mine was like dude these interviews are so good if you sent one of these into a wrestling magazine i bet they would print it so i did this interview with bill alfonso and i sent it into new wave i mean i sent it into like 12 magazines but new wave wrestling was the one that answered and they just answered by sending me a check they didn't say anything there was no nothing there was just a check wrapped in a piece of paper (laughs) and then like a month later they sent me a magazine or two magazines and i i mean i still have it and uh but it was so cool to me that uh well for the only thing they did contact me at some point was they wanted to confirm that like i didn't just make up the interview or that i had a tape to prove it you know what i mean that uh because some of the Bill Alfonso even then was very open. So uh, I think they were just concerned from like a libel standpoint. You yeah. know what I mean? That uh, in case someone was to try to sue or whatever, you know what I mean? But uh, the initial thing was just, I just got a check. <laughs> so I was like, wow. Okay. That's that's the, I guess you like it. You're going to put it in my, you're going to put it in your uh, magazine. Yeah. You're, you're either paying me to stay away or you're paying me to uh, <laughs> to contribute content. For sure. For sure. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? 
Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. GCW themselves really exploded um, over the last year or so, two years within the last for sure. Um, where do you think that explosion, enthusiasm, and just how they grew so so that they're running shows like over once every two weeks, and in Japan was back to back to back days. Uh, how? Where did that come? Where did the the vision for this to become an fu? This is what we're gonna do, um, and we're gonna become the biggest independent promotion in the world. You just wait and see. You know, I, I don't know that I don't know if the motivation was to become the biggest or if it was just the idea of doing it right and then trying to just keep evolving like a snowball rolling down a hill, just getting getting bigger with momentum. You know, mm-hmm. there's other companies that have financial backers, uh, you know, both public and private, and have all these kind of uh, amenities available to them that aren't available to Game Changer Wrestling. And sometimes these major companies will even make like blatantly false statements about that no one runs this amount of shows or this amount of in these amounts of states or cities and uh i think what game changer wrestling does is incredible you know what i mean and uh as far as like the the vision and the mentality behind it i think that all comes from from brett and you know the the game changer uh booking committee if you will not that there is one but uh i think it's just an idea of like yo if we can do this in this city and sell it out why can't i mean just making the leap in the first place i my own theory is that you know from running shows basically in new jersey to then going to run at uh i believe it was florida was where the first spring break was if i'm not mistaken i'm sorry i get dates uh or places mixed up pretty easy <laughs> but the very first spring break show was thousands of miles from their location you know what i mean yeah. and they sold a ton of tech uh, you know two thousand tickets or whatever it was so i think maybe that idea of looking at the whole world as your territory or the whole country as your territory picking your spots and finding the right talent and it's the perfect storm really because game changer wrestling has an eye for talent they have a knack for matchmaking like matches that people want to see the wrestlers that they have an eye for are so damn good that whether it's jungle boy whether it's marco stunt whether it's joey janela whether it's ktb tony depp and like uh, you know, some of the guys obviously have gotten deals elsewhere to be on AEW and stuff like that. But for every one of those guys that moves on, or in the case of Joey Janela, now we'll be doing both. You have these homegrown stars, and then you have the the newcomers, the Alex Zanes, and uh, all heart Blake Christian, who's incredible, and, yeah. you know, Dash and Chris Bay. Like, there's just so many people. So all those factors then combined with a fan base that is feels that authenticity. You know what I mean? They, they, they plug right into that energy of Game Changer. There's, like, a community of fans, and they, they all then become friends and, and party and go out and do all the stuff they want to do. And they're these groups that now became friends at these live wrestling shows, you know? 
So to me, that's like a throwback to the New York hardcore scene and stuff like that, where you'd go to CBGB's and go to see your favorite band, and then you'd end up being friends with the band and all these other cool people that were then your friends going forward. And that, to me, kind of feels what that game changer energy is about because you could and and the vision and the talent all that stuff they're all essential uh to making it work but the fans are equally essential because you can have the first six items ticked off that list and if you don't have a fan base that's willing to travel that's willing to uh be brand ambassadors organically you know willing to help spread the word and 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 show up and deliver that energy and give it back to the wrestlers who then put their lives on the line to deliver the matches like it's just it's the perfect storm really I, and i don't think it can be recreated uh it doesn't matter who your backer is or what money you have or whatever i don't think you can duplicate what game changer wrestling is doing it's like a proprietary non-duplicatable formula because it's it's organic and it's all natural you know what i mean it's like it's like trying to recreate the earth or a planet <laughs> or something you know what i mean it's not possible no definitely definitely uh well you you, you can make this comparison uh, a lot better than i could because you saw it you experienced it does it feel like like the early days of ecw with the ravenous fan base and the passion that's unbridled, yeah the, the super passionate breakthrough performers like performers who you're literally like i can't believe that i'm watching this person wrestle every week you know what i mean and then you're seeing them well a lot of them then starting to move up too which also is very reminiscent of ecw and in those early days of ECW, whenever someone would move up, they would just somehow find some amazing new person to slot right in. And the fan, yeah, the fans are rabid, but they're highly knowledgeable about the product. And I think there's a lot of positive comparisons to ECW, in my opinion, as mm-hmm. someone who's gotten to experience both uh, extensively. And a lot of the magic of ECW did a lot of the same things that we're talking about with Game Changer Wrestling, you know, running in Florida and running kind of more as a national and international thing and running in Japan and but I feel like Game Changer just takes it it, it's in the we're in the digital age now you know what I mean like it's almost like Game Changer Wrestling is like an iPhone promotion you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like Paul Heyman used to have a used to have to you know people would have to come to his his house and they would figure out what the work they were going to do and etc and nowadays it's like you can run your entire empire your entire corporation off your phone you know what I mean and just be texting and messaging and using Facebook and the different social media platforms and that's one difference is that Heyman didn't have access to that stuff. It was, you know, still almost, even though he was a forerunner of cellular technology, it was still a payphone, you know, somewhat of a payphone era. You know what I mean? Of course, of course. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only five per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.
we can kind of foresee where GCW is going. Um, but if there's one feud right now, if there's one feud that maybe or match uh, rivalry that really encompasses GCW, it, um, I, I maybe you can disagree with this, but the the Nick Gage Ricky Shane Page, um, it's it's about as heated as it gets. There's cursing, there's expletives thrown out there, there's garbage. It's near riots when these two get together. Where did this all begin? Uh, for those that aren't as aware and what is it going to culminate with uh, from from a culminators from a commentator's perspective because you've seen its birth and its and its growth yeah i feel very lucky to have uh, been been ringside and been there in the room and calling the action for the, for all the the movement and all the activity in this in this feud this year you know it, it technically goes back i guess 2 years uh to a a steel cage in in a Sewell New Jersey when uh when Nick Gage and Brett Lauderdale uh who's the you know the booker of Game Changer Wrestling invaded uh, a local show there and I guess it was again I don't know I wasn't there uh, but in the end like nothing came of it like they ran in they did their thing but it was it was Ricky Shane Page who was in that ring that, that Nick Gage ran in on you know what I mean and Ricky Shane Page is then watching you know his local indie that he's working for in the area decline he's watching Game Changer rise up to the levels and everyone in, and their mother who's talented is is coming through those game changer doors and getting to appear on fight TV and all over the world. And Ricky Shane page was one of those last holdouts in a way. Like there was never like any animosity that I knew of, but it was more like he was on a different path, but I always figured that someday there would be business and matches with, with Ricky Shane page because he's, he's great. You know what I mean? As a in-ring competitor, you know, as a person, Mm -hmm. it's whatever secondary, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) you know what? It came down to, him, uh, he showed up at, at a Game Changer Wrestling event and attacked Nick Gage, you know, after a match, uh, spray-painted the Nick Gage's championship belt, which he had been holding for, like, over 700 days at that point. Like, Nick Gage is Game Changer Wrestling, you know what I mean? He's the physical face of it. So it started with him taking Nick Gage's belt and then leaving the country with it, which was... From a safety perspective, it's a pretty smart thing to do. But while Ricky Shane Page was uh, was abroad and traveling internationally, he just kind of would keep posting stuff on social media, posting videos, and just kind of saying all this terrible stuff about Nick Gage and like, oh, you know, you're a convict, you can't you can't travel over to England. Like, oh, I I could give you your belt back. Come to this country or come to that country. You know, kind of mocking Nick's mm. situation as a, as a convicted felon, where you know you you do the crime, you do the time also to go with the crime, but then after paying your debt, so to speak, you're still deprived of all these basic human rights. Like, I get it if you don't do the time, but if you do the time, shouldn't you get some? Shouldn't you get some of your human rights back? Otherwise, what's the what's the point of of paying the debt back? Exactly. You know I mean? Exactly. And but, but basically, it just went on, and it was an ongoing thing, and you know, there's there's some videos break it down, and there's even a great um, a great Twitter thread by DJ Strong Style, who kind of did a, like a photo essay in a Twitter thread, breaking down like event by event all the stuff that went on between Ricky Shane Page and, and Nick Gage. 
and Ricky Shane Page's like kind of goon squad that he travels with. But in the end, it's just it's like a masterpiece of professional wrestling, and it's amazing that places might have dozens of writers, they might have dozens of producers, they might have they might have all these things that an independent like Game Changer doesn't have, but somehow Game Changer has the vision and the heart and the commitment to a vision to deliver a long term story. You yeah. know what I mean? Which is it's crazy because it's a foundation of the business. It's the cornerstone of wrestling. Yet a lot of people seemingly have lost sight of the very core fundamentals of wrestling, which is ironic because some people will call uh, Game Changer Wrestling an outlaw mud show. But in reality, who's truer to the core principles of pro wrestling than Game Changer Wrestling? You know what I mean? You can't argue that right now. Uh, as, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, th- this is just it. Like, when you fans want to boo heel, they, there's if you get away from the, the cocky, kind of cool bad guy, um, when you actually have a guy like Ricky Shane Page that you want to hate, it becomes that much easier. And they're carrying this not just through GCW. Wrestling Revolver has these two maybe cross paths or on the same card. One is carrying the title. The GCW championship is there. Do they cross paths? Do they not? The storyline can bleed into wherever. And that's just great business on, on their part because they can see that it doesn't have to be relegated to just GCW. That storyline can move around wherever. Absolutely, and it, it's raising the stakes and for, for all parties. The fans' interest is at an all-time high. Ricky Shane Page is the hottest heel, and Nick Gage is the most over babyface, like definitively. And he's not a conventional babyface in the, you know, he will kiss a baby and shake a hand, but in a much more menacing, <laughs> in a much more menacing way. He's... He is a a working man. He is the common man. Do you know what I mean? He Mm -hmm. is the 2020 equivalent of that classic wrestling babyface, you know? Maybe he's been done the wrong thing in the past. Maybe he tried to make it right. Maybe he's doing what he has to do to to feed his family. You know what I mean? To me, it sounds a lot like like a modern-day Dusty Rhodes. You know what I mean? It's it's the common man. Uh, And people can relate. So more so a modern-day Dusty Rhodes than, say, overtures of a stone-cold Steve Austin. Oh, I mean, he certainly has that too but to me there's like a more timeless Steve Austin is obviously a mastermind and a genius and one of the greatest to ever do it but it's so turned up with Steve Austin Nick is a more Nick simmers more to me like he Nick's a simmering boil mm. you know what I mean where Stone Cold is like a full a full boil it's two, two different types of boils yeah <laughs> Um, So, which leads us into what is coming up, which is massive, uh, second year in a row, I I believe, with The Collective. Yes. Yes. So, where did this vision initially come from? I know you're you're talking on Brett's behalf, but where did the the mindset and the development of not just GCW doing this, but Joey's running his own show, Effie has something, uh, Pizza Party has something, uh, Faye Jackson, like everybody seems to have something and they all came together. Where did it start and how has it become what it is now leading into that WrestleMania week? As always, again, like you said, I, I defer to Brett because it, it was Brett that put it together. But as I as I know it, basically, uh, you know, the original Joey Janela Spring Break was a one-off event, so to speak, which was part of uh, a WWN Live. It was under the WWN Live heading mm. you know, or banner. You know what oh, I mean? Okay. They, those were the guys who were willing to give Game Changer a slot 
give them a, a shot to do their show. So um, they did it, and obviously they did big business and, and et cetera. And then over time, I think Brett just saw the potential of like, wow, if we could draw this. And, and, and the Janela show was like, even in its first year, it outdrew almost every independent event that entire weekend. So I think it, it was just smart to, to realize, hey, like if we could draw all these people, like we almost don't need to be under someone else's heading. We could just be under our own banner. And then, you know, it, it's underground, it, it's DIY. So then when you start looking at, all right, a building costs this much and that's a lot. But what if we rented it out or what if we got it over multiple days and then kind of farmed out parcels, so to speak, and got all these partners and not just anybody, but let's get like the quintessential other companies that are putting it down, that do good business, that uh, book great talent, you know, the, the AIWs, the Black Label Pros, the Pizza Party Wrestlings and, and things like that. And then with the whole thing kind of, the stake in the ground is the Joey Janela spring break. That's the cornerstone. That's the flagship. But then they started having Matt Riddle's blood sport, which now evolved into Josh Barnett's blood sport. Uh, we've seen the rapid rise of the different boy, Jimmy Lloyd, who's now got his D-Generation F uh, signature event. You know what I mean? We have Effie's Big Gay Brunch, which to me is just outstanding. You know, obviously a lot of people talk about diversity in wrestling, but I don't know of, of anyone that's as diverse as Game Changer and the, the partner companies and, and alliances because under that collective banner, you have Effie's Big Gay Brunch, which is like essentially a, a, a wrestling show that features talent that from the you know gay community LGBTQ plus all of it but on the same under the same banner they have AJ Gray's for the culture spotlighting the widely under spotlighted people of color in professional wrestling you know what I mean when you look at uh, football basketball etc and uh, the preponderance of athletes of color that are that are you know shining in those places and then you have wrestling and wrestling doesn't seem caught up in modern times in terms of that of having equality in terms of numbers and, and et cetera. So to me, to have all that under one heading and to give it a general admission ticket price, like as part of a package, that's the most economical value for your dollar. Get to see everything, uh, wrestling weekend, as I call it, uh, without even leaving the collective structure. To me, it's like, it's a no brainer. It's the best value. It's the best wrestling, the most diverse wrestling. It's everything you want and more. It's pro wrestling freedoms, the deathmatch guys from Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Colt Cabana. It, down the inside theater, you have Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez. You have Colt Cabana. You have uh, the uh, wrestling with stereotypes panel. Like to me, it, it's it, it's it's incredible that like-minded individuals can kind of form together and and you know share the load on some heavy lifting to deliver a kind of a, a for us by us. Like this is the independent wrestling community. Those of us that are smart enough and professional enough to come together you know what i mean and realize that we can get a lot farther if we link arms and run than if we all try to run a few seconds apart from each other because we're on our own thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. i i just think i just think it's wonderful and i truly uh it's not lip service but i truly have the utmost respect for everybody that's involved in the collective and just seeing uh how it's growing and i think this year's collective is gonna is gonna steal the show on wrestling weekend the same way that janela's spring break did a few years ago but this time it's gonna be janela's spring break and all the other shows you know it's like janela's spring break is the quarterback Mm -hmm. and all the shows on the collective are like the the football team you know what i mean the rest of the team fantastic 
Before we do let you go, there is a, a little game that we like to play here on Pro Wrestling Post Podcast. We're just curious if you'd like to play along. Of course. Okay, so we have something that we call Wrestling Tinder. Much, okay. Okay, so much like regular Tinder, um, if you're interested in the topic and it's sexy and it's something you <laughs> want to take out for dinner, you're going to swipe right on that question and, and elaborate. And if it's somebody that, you know, they're really nice friends uh, – <laughs> And you want to swipe left because maybe that's how you want that relationship to be. We can keep it to the to the sidebar. So, um, okay. so with that kind of an introduction, um, here's a topic. Um, it, it may be a little taboo, um, but because you're 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 open and honest about it, um, there would be nothing that we feel that wouldn't reflect where where we think your response would be. Uh, a recently a really hot topic that's come under scrutiny, and it's I think it's as much politically charged as it is. Is um, as much as it is uh, traditionalists when it comes to wrestling, Nia uh, Rose recently won the AEW Women's Championship. It's come under a lot of fire for those that argue male, female. Um, why is it uh, okay for the women to run to earn it to, to win the uh, male championship, but somebody that's not a female uh, win the male? Um, so there's arguments as to biology. Chemistry. What's your what's your belief or what's your feeling? Is that was it just as justified for her to win it as it was for Tessa Blanchard to win the the Impact Heavyweight Championship? Uh, swipe right. Super. Uh, basically, I think that uh, the Nyla Rose thing is this is professional wrestling. Again, it, it's a show. It's a creation. And just like in a movie, if I was in a movie and there was a, a transgender actor or actress was a hero or a villain and they beat someone up in a movie, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would not be angry about it. I wouldn't be offended about it. Um, it in the same way, professional wrestling is a show. And it, it, I was talking to someone about this earlier earlier today like i'm i'm fascinated with people that are uh, obsessed with things that are just don't have anything to do with them and aren't harming them in any way but they kind of create this imaginary outrage bubble that they kind of fester in and nyla rose is nyla rose like nyla rose is a human being who's worked hard over the years wrestling is her craft it's her her passion what she does Mm -hmm. and she got a great opportunity in a great company in aew and this is where she's at in her story. Do you know what I mean? It's not to say it's the same thing, but the the same some of the same people that are mad about Nyla Rose winning the title right now. And again, I'm the first to say this isn't the same thing, but I'm only bringing up in regards to how it challenged gender roles is the same people that are offended by Nyla Rose were cheering when China got to compete and, and get the Intercontinental title or be in the Royal Rumble because when they were younger, they were still open-minded enough to say, hey, that's really cool. Like this China is a woman that's so strong, she could break the, the rules of what wrestling or WWE has been for decades because they didn't have any crossover like that. In yep. the same way, Nyla Rose is doing the exact same thing. Nyla Rose is so powerful as a competitor that she breaks the rules of what's traditionally possible. Do you know what I mean? I, uh, there's people like like dummies, quite frankly, like like Val Venus, who just go on like meme posting rampages yeah. that are very insulting and, and disrespectful to 
to the people and comparing transgender people to to uh, pedophiles and all this terrible stuff. And, and what it all comes down to is anybody can do or be anything they want. And if they're not bothering, if I should say, if they're not hurting anyone else, then it's really none of our business. Nyla Rose's life is Nyla Rose's life, and good for her. Congratulations to her. You know, and I, I've said that publicly as well. And I, I kind of I scratch my head at people that are mad, offended, disturbed that they feel compelled to write down all these terrible thoughts and then post them either with their name or with a fake name online. Yeah. And again, what what is Nyla Rose supposed to do? You know what I mean? Is she she's not allowed to live her life? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it just goes down such a weird, slippery slope. Like I I, I thought uh, Cody Rhodes made a great statement about it the other day about not giving these people air and and not giving them any kind of a kind of a spotlight. And I also thought what Dustin Rhodes said about it on Twitter, where he noted that uh, he has uh, a child who is who, who is uh, transgender. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And he loves his child, and and that's the end of it. And yep. that's really what it comes down to. Like these these idiots, like Val Venus or whatever. He has a family. If one of his family members grows up to be to be gay, to be any part of the LGBTQ community, what's he going to say? That is he is he going to throw out his daughter? No, he's going to be like, oh. I get it now because Val Venus doesn't have any self-awareness. No. You know what I mean? And his, uh, someone in his family going to a different path in life or whatever, mm-hmm. that might be enough for him to step out of his bubble. But um, I just think, yeah, I, I agree with Cody. I agree with Dustin. And I support Nyla Rose. And I support anyone who want as long as you're not hurting someone else, whatever you do with your life is up to you. You yeah. know what I mean? And if you can inspire or empower other people along the way with what you're doing um double respect to you and nowadays it seems like if a bunch of people are mad at you on the internet it means that you're actually doing something really good so <laughs> that those people are i think those people who attempt to detract from her accomplishment really just point out one how stupid they are and why it's important for nyla to be in the position that she's in because it, it's it's needed and what's cool is the angry people that exist now uh their kids and the generations under them and around them are all wise to the game they're all hip to the world they all have empathy they all respect different lifestyles so they're just kind of the okay boomer the dying breed they're the jim Cornette of uh interpersonal relationships you know what i mean where they're clinging to the idea of something from the past that isn't even really the past because gay people and and other people under the the heading of lgbtq whatever they've always been present but they maybe had to be hidden or they weren't able to be upfront about it but it's like live and let live man it seems like a really simple concept and the concept of no tolerance for intolerance people say oh well it's wrong of you to say that val venus is a dummy and whatever and people can have different opinions Mm -hmm. different opinions is i think uh coke is better than pepsi if my opinion is oh uh a certain race or gender or whatever isn't allowed to live or have rights or have happiness then f you you know what i mean i I don't i don't believe in your intolerance like i don't think people have a right to intolerance that that's my opinion yeah and and if uh, I've, a really popular saying uh, that i've always tried to live by is um those that matter don't mind but those that <laughs> those that mind don't matter so um and, and so what i would say is um 
don't don't sweat those that don't give you that time. Um, focus your energy on those that deserve it. So, Amen. Also, that's a great saying. And uh, another one, if you want to add it to your Rolodex, <laughs> on the same it. line, is uh, empty barrels make the most noise. Nice. Empty barrels make the most noise. Because they're hollow, you know, when they clank. Yep. Yep. Yeah, think about a bar- an empty barrel falling down a flight of stairs yep. versus a barrel, say, filled with delicious uh, Stella Artois or something. Ah, nice. <laughs> Let's just build her perhaps. <laughs> for sure. Um, Kevin, we thank you so much for your time. We hope to have you on again another time. Um, thanks again uh, for joining us today. Oh, I would be honored, man. Anytime you guys want to have me on, I'd love to chop it up with you. I appreciate your approach and, and different styles of questions and all that. And I appreciate the opportunity to speak out and represent for the collective and uh, I recommend everyone to pick up that ticket package gimmick for the collective whether it's just the wrestling matches or the wrestling matches and the stage shows it's literally the best value going down on wrestling weekend and I encourage everyone to check out my podcast the Kevin Gill show which features uh, interviews recorded in person face to face with everyone from Jeff Cobb to Sean Waltman to the Young Bucks to uh, Mick Foley you know what I'm saying there's a lot of great greats across music and wrestling that have been on there and if you enjoyed this interview today check me out on twitter facebook instagram all that at og kevin gill fantastic thank you again kevin gill uh for your time and your energy thank you so much much love and respect uh on behalf of kevin gill this is mark madison for the pro wrestling post podcast thank you so much for listening to the pro wrestling post podcast with your host Mark Madison. Once again, please visit ProWrestlingPost.com for interviews, blogs, and upcoming events in your area. And be sure to download the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Anchor, or whatever podcast app you prefer.